Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Meant for Big Things podcast. I'm here with a very special guest, Noel. Noel, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hey guys, it's me. I'm so excited to be here. Love you, Grayson. Thank you so much for having me on the pod. I am thrilled. (laughs) He's so sweet. Noel is a sophomore at Villanova who also happens to be a TikToker. He has over 600,000 followers across his various TikTok accounts, which include his personal account, Noel B. Doherty, which does sketch comedy, Noel B. Askin, which features man-on-the-street interviews at college campuses across the country, And most recently, College Cribs, which offers college, dorm, apartment, and house tours. Noel and I met about a year ago when I reached out to him to collaborate with Men for Big Things, and we ended up becoming really great friends. Since then, Noel has been very busy working with many brands like SeatGeek, Made in America Music Festival, DoorDash, Herschel, Tinder, and Calvin Harris. Most Villanova students will find Noel walking around Villanova's campus, asking students various fun questions. And if you've ever met Noel in person, you can agree that he has this great sense of self-assuredness and effortless confidence. He also has such enthusiasm and curiosity for meeting strangers and building relationships. He is a goal-oriented person who has accomplished a lot, and his consistency in building up his TikTok brand is really inspiring. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. So Noel, first I want to ask how you got here and your journey to not only Villanova, but to starting these videos. Thank you so much, Grayson, for your amazing question. I love it here. Long story short, I made TikToks in high school, posted whatever I thought was funny, and then I came into college with like around 50k, and then I was always into Man on the Street interviews. I love Billy on the Street, and I love Davis, who does What's Poppin' in New York City. He also does Man on the Street interviews. And so I wanted to do that, and Nobody Asking kind of took off. And then Fallen Media is a content studio in New York. They reached out. They were like, hey, we want to make a show with you. So together we created College Cribs because I wanted to just see the world through the lenses of other people. I love individuality and finding out different people's point of views. So I think inviting myself into people's homes (laughs) in a comedic way, in an entertaining way, is a cool way for me to achieve that. I have a list of all of the things in the world that I love the most, and one of my favorites is enthusiastic strangers. I've always been fascinated by an excited new person that I've never met in my life before. This is a fresh slate. I'm fascinated by the fact that I can talk to someone and it's my first time communicating with them. So I have always loved strangers and men on the street interviews as well as college trips. It's just a way for me to meet more people. I love meeting new people. As a full-time student, how do you balance everything? You know what? I've learned a lot from my mom about efficiency. We talked a lot over the summer, but like once TikTok started taking up more and more of my time, she was like, Noel, you just need to really take a look at the priorities of your life. What's more important? Is it working out? Is it hanging out with friends on the weekends? Is it TikTok? Is it school life? Like extracurriculars. I'm a pretty busy guy, I think. And I just have to look at my weekly schedule and commit to a certain amount of things. You can't really get everything done. Like College Cribs, we have a weekly schedule uh, where we're posting five days a week and I'm filming one or two days a week. And then nobody asking, I'm editing almost every day, but like filming once a week. And I actually recently just cut back on my no be asking schedule as a treat for myself. Nice. Because we have finals coming up. One thing that was so cool to see was the creation of College Cribs because that was right after I had met you. I remember us getting lunch for the first time and telling you about this super fun new secret project. You went from zero followers 
to 400,000 in how many months? It's been eight or nine months. Was there like a formula to replicating the success of Nolby Asking? And how did you stay consistent with that? I would say something that College Cribs and Nolby Asking have in common was that stranger, new person, we're going to find out what's in their room, like mystery vibe. Like when you see an interview with a stranger, you don't know what this new person is about to say on camera. So that's something that links them together. I do think it's like a pretty separate entity. Kind of the backbone of what we started with was let's do a tour like MTV Cribs, but in college dorms. So it's like small and less glamorous and more funny. And then me judging them the whole time saying red flags or green flags and that's still our most popular segment so going back to when you ask these strangers questions if someone's really nervous how do you disarm that nervousness and make it a comfortable space yeah first of all i get that totally makes sense this is your first time doing this like i've been doing this all day and all year Mm -hmm. like i'm so comfortable with talking to a stranger but i'll just tell them like hey take your time answering these questions because i'll cut out your thinking time i'm just gonna put the answer and also not all of it's gonna even be posted i won't post it if it's not funny and if you don't like anything that you said tell me afterwards and i'll be sure not to use it Or if you don't like any questions and you don't even feel like answering, just say skip. I take a nonchalant approach to it. Like, I like to be a little bit efficient, like boom, 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 let's do a bunch of interviews today. But I'm I'm just like, hey, I'm not stressed out. And here's why you don't have to be stressed out. Awesome. I have a lot of rejection therapy Mm. because I ask people to do interviews all the time and at least half of them Mm -hmm. say no. I think rejection therapy can be really good for people. I was actually reading something about this the other day. There was a business school that had an assignment for students surrounding rejection therapy. Basically, they said you need to get this many rejections in X amount of time. And it's kind of ingenious because what it does is it helps you get over the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, and it makes you desensitize to it, which means that you will be more inclined to take more risks. So I think it's interesting and it would be interesting for everyday people to kind of practice that and put yourself in those situations purposefully. So with you practicing this rejection therapy all the time with your TikTok account, how has that shaped your view of rejection now? I apply to a number of organizations on campus here. Not going to name names. But they're the big ones, and I was rejected a couple times. And now I'm so grateful that I was rejected from these high-commitment organizations because I need that time for my work and for taking care of myself and for school. I cannot apply for any more extracurriculars or organizations this semester because I'm, I'm booked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Last semester, I had applied to one of those organizations as well, and I actually missed the application deadline, but I decided to just go for it anyway. And when I heard back that it was a no, I decided to go up to the office and pitch myself and basically fight for my spot to see if there was any way to make it into the program and that's amazing what happened you know i was hoping for the best but they said there was a strict deadline and there were a lot of other people who applied so we can't make that concession i totally understood that so i left feeling a little bummed like oh that it didn't work out but a little rejected a little rejected exactly but i was really proud of myself in the end for pursuing something that i wanted even though i knew it may not work out just to see what could happen because within the context of rejection therapy 
It's the idea of going for something, maybe knowing that the outcome is a no, but pursuing it anyway. Later that day, I was thinking, and I honestly was okay with it because there were so many other people who applied to this position. Like me not getting it means that someone else gets the opportunity to make new friends, to have a memory that they may not have been able to have had I taken that spot. That's kind of shaped my view of rejection a little bit. And I, I was able to fill that time with being with my family and then being in New York. So in that way, rejection was kind of just redirection. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you, Noel. So obviously you've dedicated a ton of time to creating. So why do you create? Thank you so much for asking me this question, <laughs> Grayson, because I love it. I create to entertain myself. I love it. And to make other people happy. I want to make as many people happy as possible. I used to think that the best thing I had to offer to humanity was coding and computer science. I thought I was gifted in coding. I loved to do it in high school. And then in college, it was really, really difficult. And I stopped liking it as much. And then comedy kind of started to work out or, you know, like internet, entertainment, TikTok, whatever. And I was like, if I can make millions of people laugh, that is the best service I can do to the world. That's why I create. I was walking from main campus to South Campus in a banana costume (laughs) three days ago, maybe. And I was just feeling so goofy, getting all the eyes Mm -hmm. of like, this kid's in a banana costume. Mm -hmm. And I just was saying out loud, I love my job. This is so fun. I really get to do this all the time and I, I get away with it. Amazing. I mean, there's a whole nother facet to this as well. It's not only a brand, but it's a business. And you do sponsorships and partnerships with massive brands. Can you offer any advice about what you've learned in business thus far? I would say I ran into business way too early. I should not have been dipping my toes into brand deals or like (laughs) sponsored posts. Like I was, I I did like a couple in high school for like dirt cheap. I was definitely taken advantage of not worth my time, not worth damaging my relationship with my followers at the time. Like, I should have just been focusing on entertaining, growing, cultivating a community. But something that I really, really love and something that I feel like I'm kind of great at is networking because I love meeting new people, Mm -hmm. which we've been over. And I feel like networking, I don't treat anything like networking. I just feel like I'm making friends. Mm -hmm. I guess I kind of do have a network of influencers across the country, really. I kind of have friends in New York, LA, Texas, Chicago, Mm -hmm. and I could go and create content. I really enjoy the bulk of my content being collaboration based. Mm -hmm. I always have an excuse to make content with another human being. I like Mm -hmm. connect with people and that makes every video different because there's a different dynamic, which is so fun. When you were younger, is this something that you thought you would do? Amazing question. (laughs) Girl, you've done it again. (laughs) You are hitting every question on the nail and it's just scratching every itch I've had in my life. When I was a child, I wanted to be a YouTuber while I was in college. This was a real thing. I wow. like would watch David Dobrik's vlogs and like stuff like that. And I was like, when I'm in college, I want to make vlogs and I want to be a YouTuber. Just like a, just like a medium small YouTuber, nothing crazy. And now I'm here and I'm doing TikToks and it's actually such a dream come true. When did you start creating content? I have been creating basically all my life. Okay. And the reason why no one knows about like high school or before is because like it never worked. Mm-hmm. 
So why? Uh, why? Yeah. Why do you think it didn't work? I didn't hit it right. I kept trying different things out, and maybe I wasn't ready. And I was growing. I was evolving. I was all different niches. I made art videos online. I made a meme account. I was into politics for a little while on Twitter. I was into joke Twitter. I had three YouTube channels before college. I had an art channel by myself. I had an art channel with my best friend Maeve later. And then later, later, I had a vlog channel in high school. And a couple of the vlogs are still out there, but let's just... Let's just leave that be, maybe. I had no idea. Yeah. And I and I made dancing videos on TikTok before I made comedy videos. You pointed out something so important. You always had this interest, but you had to keep pivoting when things didn't work. When you knew that it didn't feel totally right, yeah. you still had the passion, you had the fire behind you, so you're like, let's try something else out. I mean, you wouldn't be where you are without that. Thank you, Grayson. I failed, and I failed, and I failed, and I failed, and I failed. Probably like a dozen mm-hmm. actual, like, whole projects like nothing really became of them but I loved it because I love to create and I think if you fail at something that you really enjoy doing that's when you can get up and you can keep going so maybe that's my advice to people who have a passion yeah fantastic so thinking about growing and evolving right before we pressed record we were talking about Noel's ever-changing hairstyles (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) so I want to talk about that, but also I want to talk about like you just being so outwardly authentic all the time and seemingly from the outside being so confident and not caring what anyone else thinks and just going through campus with like a banana costume and changing your hair, dyeing it, and then would you do bleach it and then yeah, put I, spikes in it? Let's, let's hear about that. Halfway through high school, I decided that I love myself. And that's an experience that everyone has to go through at their own pace. It took me a long time, and I'm really happy that I did that because after that, I just gained confidence, I gained friends, I respected myself, and when you know that you're cool, not in a, not in a selfish way, but just like, I'm okay with me, mm-hmm. I'm cool with me, and if everyone else isn't, it's okay. How often do you listen to the opinions of others? Fascinating question, really, really good question because... I have this whole, on one side, I'm confident, I don't need anyone's opinions, like, I can do whatever I want, but Mm -hmm. also I love advice, and I love, Mm -hmm. like, wisdom, and I really want to hear from people, I do. I listen whenever I want to. Whenever I feel like, like, I couldn't decide if I wanted to get high top or low top Converse for Christmas (laughs) this year, and so I put it on my story, and everyone was like, get high top, and I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. and I'm excited about that. But like when I'm changing my hair, spiked hair is so 90s. It's not in. No one's doing it. It's but it's not amazing stylish. and you rock it. Thank you. You're welcome. It's just a, that was just a fun thing for me. The hairstyles are for me first. They're for me for fun. Mm-hmm. And if people happen to like them, like that's secondary. So mm-hmm. that's one thing where it's like, I don't, I wasn't like considering people's opinions. But like with videos if if i get a lot of requests for like a part two like i guess i'll do something similar like that but also with videos i don't pay attention to people's opinions a lot Mm -hmm. there was a huge huge trend i'm sure you're familiar where people were asking you what you were listening to and a lot of people a lot of people were like no you should ask people what they're listening to and i decided not to do that because i felt like it was unoriginal i felt like i didn't come up with the question Mm -hmm. a lot of people were already doing it Mm -hmm. it wasn't me I was being a follower if I were to do that. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate everyone who 
said you should give this a try, but I didn't do that. Do you read the comments a lot on your TikTok and Instagram accounts? Yeah, they're hilarious. Great. So obviously you are so confident, but you're very humble about it. So tell us about your best tips for confidence. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) I will tell you, and it might not be very humble because I think confidence comes from loving yourself, which sounds and feels egotistical, but it's something that everyone has to do, I think. I mean, obviously, self-love. More self-love vibes, less egotistical vibes. Yeah. (laughs) Loving yourself makes you more confident. I enjoy my own humor, so I laugh at myself all the time Mm -hmm. because I think I'm goofy, and that gives me the confidence to say a joke in front of a stranger or be weird in front of a crowd because if no one else in the room gets the joke, I get it, and I think it's hilarious. You have to just enjoy yourself, and everyone should have a meal by themselves. Anyway, everyone who's listening to this right now, I want you in the next week to go and have a meal by yourself. You can listen to music, but I would say don't be on your phone the whole time. Just think pleasant thoughts as much as you can. It's healing. Halfway through high school, roughly, I changed as a person. I grew into my own skin. I started loving myself. I decided, you know what? I'm cool. I'm funny. I'm smart, I rock, I like myself, and I didn't have many friends at all. Really? I was almost friendless. No way! I had, I was basically acquainted with everyone. Very friend, I was very friendly still, very friendly. Acquainted with everyone, but I like didn't really have any real friends at the beginning of high school. And then, gradually I got more and more close, close friends. And now I have so many close relationships that I'm really, really grateful for in my life. And I think it comes from loving yourself first. I correlate like me getting friends in high school with like loving myself. Mm-hmm. Also, like one friend can make the difference. Mm-hmm. I, I made one best friend in high school first before any others. And her name is Maggie and she changed my life. Yeah. How so? She introduced me to a lot of the other people that I also consider my best friends today. I feel like we clicked and she kind of just like welcomed me into her friend group. I was just re-listening to the podcast episode I did with Daniel Gorman, who was the commencement speaker. And one of the main takeaways from that was if you authentically show up as yourself, that's when the people who are meant to be in your life and who will really love you for who you truly are Mm -hmm. appear. And that's when they really make the difference. Yeah. And when I say friends, I mean real friends. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not being your true self, if you don't know who you are, no one else knows who you are, you're not being real, and those aren't real friends. And it's a crazy concept that an actual other human being might not be the best for you. Because, like, it's a human being. Like, everyone's lovable. Everyone's real. But you need to break yourself down, find out who you are, and then branch out. And that's when you get those real friends that you're talking about. Would it be fair to say that your evolution of creation has brought you to figure out more of who you are today? Wow, maybe. I've never thought about that. I've never thought about that. I was always expressing myself. I wrote short stories. I made. I did art projects. I love to paint. I made memes. I tweeted silly jokes. And I guess I was figuring myself out along the way, but I never really realized. It's amazing. 
It, it really is because so much of who you are today has been shaped by the twists and turns of your different art forms. Speaking of, of really great friends, is there anyone that you've really looked up to? Okay, I'm, I might give you kind of an annoying response to this question. That's okay. Because my answer is everyone on the planet, including myself. Everyone. I love learning from people. Mm-hmm. I love seeing through your point of view. I love meeting strangers. We've talked about this. I love mm-hmm. asking questions. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you think. I want to learn. I want to grow. I, I love asking people for advice. My advice to the world, ask other people for advice all the time. It's fantastic. Additionally, I have, for the past few years, had an image of myself in my mind that doesn't exist yet. It's like future me, and he's doing all the things that I want to do. And that's what I look forward to, I would say, on the daily. But like, Mm -hmm. the best form of myself, or me in five years, is like who I look up to, like what I aspire to be. Because I don't really want to be like anyone in particular. I just want to be a better me. And then at the same time, I'm learning from everyone all around me all along the way. Fantastic. It's really cool you say that because, you know, I was going to ask something about like mentors and role models, but it sounds like it really could be anyone and everyone because you can learn something Mm -hmm. valuable from everyone. I totally have like those like normal inspirations, like Tina Fey, what she did in comedy, like is so cool to me. I read her autobiography and I I love a lot of stand-up comedians and I aspire to be like them, but my role model in general I learn from everyone and I want to be like myself in five years and I'm just trying to get there. I love how you love questions. I think that's the key to so much. I'll ask a thousand strangers the same question just to like get a feel for like the responses. I'm not conducting research. I'm not writing it down. But whenever I meet a new person, I say, what's your favorite color? And then I say, what's your favorite thing in the whole world that is that color? What have been your favorite responses? One of my friends, Allison, said purple and a purple bike that she saw once in her life in Italy. Very cool. Oh my gosh. So the New Year's right around the corner. Ooh, I love New Year's. Why? What's your favorite part about New Year's? My favorite part about New Year's is the New Year's resolutions. I'm obsessed. I'm a goal-oriented person. That's core to who I am. I love setting lots of goals. And one thing that's important with goal setting is having a variety. Set a lot of them, and one of them should be something you could do tomorrow, and one of them should be it takes you more than a year. I'm very serious with my New Year's resolutions. This past year, I wanted to read a book, which I did. Mm -hmm. And I made a list of college campuses, I think seven of them, that I wanted to film at. And I did everything except Pitt. I went to Pitt and I didn't get the chance to film. But maybe I'll I'll allow it just this Mm -hmm. once. I'll forgive myself. And in previous years, I've done like silly things, but also fun. I, I love goal setting and like tracking progress and where I'm at in my life. One year, my New Year's resolution was to do the splits. Oh, and? And I can still do them. Nice. Congratulations. I think it was 2019. And it took me like four months to to stretch. I was stretching every night. When you set these timelines for these goals, do you check in with yourself every day, every couple days, every week on your progress towards that goal? It might be an all day, every day thing that's bouncing around in my mind if it's that important. I do journal like kind of irregularly. So like every once in a while, I'm just like, here's what I'm doing in my life. Here's where I'm at. I would say consistency-wise, I look at it a week at a time. Mm -hmm. What are your plans for 
the future for 2023, for school, life, college cribs. How are you feeling about everything? I'm feeling a little bit nervous, mostly excited. College cribs is taking a slight pivot. Ooh. I'm, I'm starting to be a little bit more raunchy, a little bit more free, a little bit more wild, a bit more unhinged in the College Cribs videos. And also on the note of just like, and all my TikTok pages, I'm looking forward to a couple of upcoming collaborations. Exciting. What are you looking forward to with Meant for Big Things? What's next? What's on the horizon? What are you excited for? The two-year anniversary is coming up (gasps) end of January, which is crazy. So January will be Meant for Big Things month. So expect a lot of new stuff. Since I am a second semester senior, I'm working on transition things out of Villanova. So trying to make the biggest impact I can in the next semester, but also trying to scale it in a way that allows me to continue when I graduate. You have to pivot. You have to evolve. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for me for pivoting? I would say don't be afraid to start fresh. When I was starting Nobi Askin, I had a lot of people advise me to post my first video on my personal TikTok account, Mm -hmm. Nobi Doherty. But I was like, no, no, I want a new account and I want it to be curated like just man on the street interviews that's the whole account and the first video got 13 million views so you never know any parting advice for anyone who's listening love yourself hold your head high eat a meal by yourself and do a cartwheel today Love it. Noel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, I love, love you. I love you, Grayson. I love you. Thank you so much <laughs> for so having me. I so appreciate you. Everyone, please go check out Noel on everything social media. All of the links to his social media accounts will be in the description of this podcast. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me, Grayson. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.